Hello there, I am Paul Church. I am the director of the Anemo Group. We are a tech, talent, and digital talent solution. And this is our podcast, Talent and Growth. And in this, we get insights from talent leaders on their challenges and solutions to all things attraction and retention related. And today I am joined by Tabby Hussain, who is the head of global talent acquisition at Benefi. We are talking all about how to get your benefits package right. So, so important in 2022 after all the changes over the last 18 months in employee expectations. So I hope you find this useful and I hope you enjoy it. Here's Tabby. Hello there. Today, I'm joined by Tabby Hussain, who is the Head of Global Talent Acquisition at Benefi. And today, we're going to be discussing how to get your benefits package right. So, Tabby, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you, Paul. How are you today? I'm very good, thank you. I'm very good. I'm excited to have this chat with you. Um, and I think it'd be great for the for the audience if, if, first of all, you gave me or us a little bit of an overview of your experience, your journey, and then currently what you're doing for Benefi. Sure, yes. Um, so I guess my background has been in talent acquisition uh, within a number of different sectors. So within professional services, built asset, commercial property development, investment, and most recently in tech um, and fintech. I'm currently um, employed at Benefi as head of global talent acquisition, like you quite rightly said. Um, and I guess a little bit about Benefi, we are an HR tech SaaS company um, and our platform enables um, employers to invest in and engage with their employees um, everywhere through our benefits and total rewards platform. Fantastic. And what's the, what's the makeup of your talent team at Benefi? So we have an international talent team. Um, I currently have three people in my team. Uh, two people are based in Stockholm and one person is based in Vilnius um, in Lithuania. But I am kind of steadily growing the team. So I'm going to be recruiting um, two new heads for the new year, um, which may be based in Stockholm or maybe based in the UK. Um, so that's just the start, really. And then the team is going to be further expanding as we go into next year. Perfect. All right, fantastic. Well, look, let's dive into it. So it, as we move into 2022, we put 2021 behind us. How important is it having the right benefits package for your workforce and why? I think it's really important. And I guess the starting point would be to just kind of look back over what's happened over the last year and a half, which makes it even more relevant. Um, and what I would say is the world of work has evolved um, dramatically in the last few years, and particularly so, as I said, over the last year or so. So there's a combination of factors at play here, uh, whereby employees' expectations are very different. Um, employers are unaware of their employees' needs, as well as employees not always knowing what their benefits are that are being offered to them. So you can imagine that leads to um, underutilizations of the benefits being offered. And I think also the other important thing to emphasize is that the overall value proposition is so much more than before, um, with flexibility really being key. So in summary, the right benefits package needs to be relevant um, and you need to kind of raise awareness around the offering, which inevitably will increase uptake and, of course, will impact ROI, you know, by having a healthier and more productive workforce. Um, the other thing to bear in mind is that it's also important to review your workforce to ensure that your benefits reflect your entire workforce, especially when it comes to diversity um, and also kind of providing an inclusive culture. So, for example, you know, you may have a multi-generational workforce, so your benefits need to reflect that. 
Um, so as your workforce changes, you need to have the foresight to be able to adapt your benefits to the changing requirements of your workforce. So things like life events, um, for example, you know, supporting women through menopause and having fertility treatment, and, you know, adoption, perhaps, you know, and um, things like gender reassignment. Perfect. OK, thank you. And so let, let's delve a bit more into how you think the expectations of the benefits package has changed over the last 18 months. What types of things have you seen and heard? Um, well, what I would say is inevitably the focus is on flexibility, accessibility and personalization of benefits um, with health and wellness being called to the to most people's requirements. Um, in some respects, the benefit offering needs to reflect the cradle to grave life journey, which is really important. And as you can imagine, this in itself will lead to a highly engaged and productive workforce. Um, the other great change um, outside the key offerings and components of a benefits package is accessibility. So the need to digitize you know, the value proposition um, due to our acceptance um, and I guess need now of working anytime, anywhere, uh, you know, which is one of the greatest benefits a platform like ours offers, you know, the flexibility. Um, and, you know, whether it's through an app or your mobile device or your desktop that you're needing to access your benefits, um, you know, it gives you the flexibility to do that. Um, this will inevitably increase engagement through an enhanced user experience by making it simple um, and easy to navigate, as well as reducing things like administration. And what do you think, what, what would be the kind of top four to five in the most in-demand benefits you, you, that you think are out there right now? So I guess some of these are all, all on par with each other. Um, so some of the important things are flexible working hours, home working allowances, um, online doctors, self-care mm. benefits, for example, providing mindfulness um, support and help, um, ways of dealing with unexpected life events um, and also financial well-being. Gotcha. And do you, do you think um, the flexible working one's an interesting one? Do you think we we fast forward a few years, we're moving into a time when flexible working isn't even considered a benefit? It's it's a you know it's a that's 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 how it needs to be. Do you know what I mean? I think so. I think with um, you know flexible working benefits, you need to kind of distinguish kind of flexible working versus flexible benefits. So flexible working, yes, will become a norm for us as we kind of you know fast forward a few years. Um, and I don't think, you know, um, things will, will ever be the same pre-COVID. And when it comes to flexible benefits, you know, they will constantly continue to evolve, um, you know, in line with the requirements of a flexible workforce. So inevitably there will be change um, and, you know, it will be interesting to see really what the next few years brings. Yeah, absolutely. And how, how does a company go about assessing um, that it's got the correct benefits package um, for its business or, or what to put in place for its business? I think an organisation always needs to be mindful, really, that this is going to be a continuous and ongoing process. Um, we know there's a strong link to the employee value proposition, especially if employees don't view the benefits as relevant, you know, or there's a lack of awareness. Um, and the other thing is that, you know, they're going to be really important, especially when you come to, you know, entering a new market, um, or perhaps you're going into a new geography where it's particularly important to understand your talent um, demographics and what they see as relevant. And sometimes, you know, we um, have the core benefits already in place for our you know, existing workforce and don't really um, 
pay particular attention to what our new markets and our new geographies may require. So it's really important that you're well aversed with the markets and geographies that you're going into. Um, but that aside, I think the approach to take is really to speak to you, to your employees directly. That's really important. That dialogue is really important. And maybe, you know, an approach to take is doing that via your um, an employee survey that you run, you know, on an annual basis or whatever basis you run it on um, or, you know, whatever engagement tool you use, because that's going to be really important to get that two way feedback. Absolutely. And what, what, where do you where have you seen or heard of companies getting it wrong with the benefits package? I think without, um, you know, kind of going into um, the details of it, there are organisations out there for one reason or another find that because they don't have that two-way dialogue with their employees, um, benefits are sometimes being implemented by perhaps, you know, senior managers who are a little bit disconnected with the workforce, you know, or there's not enough um, um accessibility around the benefits or you know the employees are just not aware what the benefit offerings are and you know there are so many um anecdotal um stories that you hear where um employees for example if you have a demographic that's under 35 you know they feel that the benefits are just not aligned to um their requirements and their needs um, so it's really important, again, kind of going back to my point about making sure that your benefits are fit for purpose for your current workforce, um, as well as it, um, as well as they, them being um, appropriate for the workforce as it evolves. How often do you think a business should assess um, the viability of its benefits package? Are we talking quarterly, yearly? What, what would you recommend? No, a good practice is to um, look at it on an annual basis. And again, it can link into your employee engagement service as well. How often you do that? You know, it could well be that if you're running an employee engagement um, survey on a quarterly basis or a biannual basis, you kind of supplement some of those questions with the benefit offering questions as well to give you a little bit more of an insight early on. Um, if you are kind of looking at a salary planning process that coincides with benefits on an annual basis. So you have that information in preparation for when you look and review your benefits um, for that year. Fair enough. Makes sense. And how can, of course, we're in the we're in the midst of the war for talent. Um, we were talking about it just before the, we jumped on the call. But how, so how can businesses use the benefits package to, to attract new talent in? Really good point. Um, and there's lots of ways that, you know, organisations can do that. Um, you know, I guess, you know, it's important that a business is able to show that they have a modern and flexible value proposition um, and then, you know, it needs to um, be aligned to potential new recruits and you know, new individuals that are joining the business are aware of it. And also that it's presented in a transparent and digital way, because it goes back to the points I made around accessibility and um, digitization as well. Gotcha. And um, what do you think we're, we're, we've got still to come with benefits? Are there still more to innovations we're going to see? And what sort of things do you think we might see? Mm, I think there's, there's, there's more to come. And it's a case of watching the space legislation around salary sacrifice and tax has been reduced in recent years um, so the breadth of what is possible and, and the tax efficiencies have been reduced um, given you know that we've already spoken about this hybrid working will continue some of the biggest growth is in benefits for things like the home so being that a lot of us are now kind of working from home 
the home office setup is going to be important as a, as a benefit offering, you know, as well as kind of thinking beyond pension for financial benefits for employees. Um, benefits that improve health and well-being um, will definitely still be there and probably will improve. Um, also including benefits around financial well-being, holistic health benefits um, and childcare support, for example. So I, I see these as kind of continuing and if not evolving over time. And if you, if you have a magic wand and you're in charge of benefits for the world, what's the one thing you'd like to see in every benefits package if you were in charge? It, I think it needs to be core to um, the value proposition of any organisation, you know, just like, for example, the um, employer branding proposition. Um, this is another proposition that's going to be key, particularly know what's happened over the last year and a half. Um, and organisations looking at, you know, starting from ground up or established organisations it's really important that you keep things simple so you start simple um, you think about the type of talent and your demographics um, that you have and that you want to attract and then you match your benefits um, accordingly so for example you know if you look at a demographic group you know in early 20s or um, career, um, graduate careers you know providing a pension um, is probably going to be pointless because if your target audience doesn't, you know, care yet about retirement, it's not something that's going to be at the forefront of what they're looking for. Um, so you need to also give consideration to the life journeys that your employees will experience. And this has become particularly important because we have a multi-generational um, employee or workforce. It's important that you're able to offer benefits that kind of touch their different life events, you know, from, as I said, um, uh, from start to finish. So in early 2021, we conducted a study called The Future of Work. Um, this was a study in conjunction with YouGov, where we asked um, over 58,000 employees in Europe which um, important benefits um, they would value and what their perceptions were of what that holds for the future. Um, it's a great report to download, um, which you can obtain through us or you can go through LinkedIn and, and obtain it. Absolutely. Thanks, Tabby. And I've seen this report, guys, so do download it. Do check it out. Very, very insightful. Thanks, Tabby. Well, look, there's some really useful information there around, around the benefits package and how to utilise it. I'm sure some of the listeners may want to kind of pick your brain and, and get your advice. What's the best way for people to contact you? Uh, yeah, I'm open to kind of any questions, you know, if anyone is interested to find out more about our platform, you know, our offering and more about benefits generally, uh, I'd be more than happy for them to connect with me on LinkedIn um, and would be happy to have a discussion. Fantastic. Thanks, Tabby. Well, look, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, as always, if you've enjoyed this ep episode and you found it useful, please do just share it with one person to help grow the community. And apart from that, I'll see you next time. Great. Thanks, Paul. <laughs>